0: Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Kern. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern. It's great to be with you. Wow, I've got a couple of amazing events to share with you, all coming up in the, well, this Sunday on the 10th. And that's a, an incredible Eucharistic Expo and procession with the Blessed Sacrament right in the heart of Spokane. And then just a few days later, uh, later in the week is uh, an exclusive screening of a movie about Mother Cabrini in Coeur d'Alene. So amazing things happening in the area. And I'll tell you about them and much more. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in Let's pray. I, again, got some some really beautiful things to share with you. And not only about these upcoming events, but I also want to bring you up to date on some things happening in, in my own life that I think are relevant to yours, including my promised answer. I got some contact from some folks who listened to my program where I was talking about parenting the digital generation and I did a really wonderful job of laying out all the problems. (laughs) And I said, I have a solution. There is a solution. And I'll tell you what the solution is. And I ran out of time. And the next day, I started talking about fasting. (laughs) Now, fasting wasn't the solution, though, in truth. Fasting is part of the solution. But that wasn't the solution that I was talking about. So I will also go into that today. So... Lots of great stuff happening, but let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord our God, we love you. We thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. Lord Jesus, we truly desire to know you and love you and serve you well. We want to honor you with every bit of energy that we have today. Lord, we don't always know how to do that well, and we fall short every day as well. So we do ask for mercy. We do ask for the gift and grace of your Holy Spirit to give us strength. Lord, we do love you. Help us to love you more. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, exciting day around the current home. I, uh, we have the six kids away, right? They're all away at school. You've heard me talk about that. We actually had a really neat Sunday check in uh, where all my kids that are out of the home, that's the oldest six, they're all in school, five in college and one in beauty school. They had a chance to come on and, and give an update on how things were going. Um, we used to call that happy saddies. <laughs> in our house. We'd go around the dinner table and say, okay, what's a happy and a saddie of the day? Well my twenty three year old, our oldest Mary Grace was like, Can we please not call them happy saddies? Can we call them highs and lows? <laughs> it accomplished the same thing, but it just sounded a bit more adult. And so we did. We called them highs and lows and yeah, it was neat to experience one of the ways that there's a gift to be had on the internet that the internet connected us in the digital world i mean we used zoom easy enough and everybody eventually was able to connect in and we were able to see each other and interact together and have that sense of live contact together that was really beautiful that was a that was a it was a it, carrie came up with the idea i had said i was going to be sort of following up with these guys to support encourage and hold them accountable and um, sure enough, it, it, it was a brief chance to do that, but it was also just a chance to experience the joy of being together again in a different mode, literally in a different world, in the digital world. It wasn't in the real world. It was in the digital world where we were all meeting. So, and please note again that I shared support, encourage, and hold each other accountable. I, um, I, I'm kind of sad to say, here's a, here's a sadness. So Father Jeff Lewis and I, Recorded a program last Thursday, and Father Nagel was going to be on the program as well. But one of the pieces of equipment that connects our my little humble studio here in my home in Spokane Valley back to the main studio in Kirkland, Washington, so that's you know two hundred and eighty miles away, uh, is uh, is this is this Comrex device, and twice for for no apparent reason it didn't work. And this was the second time. And it it routinely works, and and I don't change anything. And for some reason, it just didn't work. And unfortunately, Father Nagel had to leave. He couldn't wait any longer, so we missed that. So Father Lewis and I did a program together. And it was a really good program. It was very, very interesting. I had a chance to ask him some questions about uh, the seminary and priesthood and Exodus ninety because of a fellow that I had met when I was out at Franciscan University. I went to a gathering of um, of uh, alumni. I'm not I'm not an alumnus of Franciscan, but Kerry is, and so I was invited as well. Uh, I was representing, and I met a a man who is on the faculty, not a priest, a a lay person who has. Uh, uh, an advanced degree in theology, and, and he is on the formation team or, or teaches theology at Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, Maryland. It's one of the—it's it's considered one of the sort of leading, conservative, solid seminaries in the country. And we, we started getting into all kinds of really interesting themes about priests who— uh, Bump into a crisis around seven years in or 10 years into their priesthood in that range. And so I was asking Father Lewis about that and what was the source of this crisis and why would these men end up leaving? And that led us into a conversation about accountability, but then broadening that to support and encourage as well as hold accountable how all three are needed. And so I don't know, I just brought that up because unfortunately what ended up happening was we recorded that program on my main computer. And then later in the day, on Thursday, Carrie and I sat down to record a program and she moved the, uh, the, um, the power strip that had different, you know, cords plugged into it, including my main computer. And for some reason, the main computer's plug was a little bit loose. It just jiggled a little bit. And my computer shut down and it wouldn't start up again. I'm like, what? What's going on? Why won't it start up? And so I changed the cord. I changed the plug. I changed the outlet. I tested them. I opened the thing up. I called the guy who made the computer for me. He brought me through all kinds of different sort of diagnostic things to try to get the power back on. And he's like, seems like something got shorted out. And uh, and so there's this wonderful program that Father Lewis and I did, and it's trapped on a hard drive on a computer that doesn't work. So I've got to pack that computer up and send it off to Mississippi. And so it's probably going to be, I don't know, a couple of weeks anyways. But we will get that program out because Father Lewis, man, he was hitting home runs. It was a really interesting program. And uh, I'm sorry that I had what two technical un- unexpected technical glitches in one day, and so sadly my computer is still kaput, and I'm now recording this. Um, I have I had to reset everything to actually record on my laptop computer. So, wow, there we go. Uh, I. You know, my default setting would be to say it's the devil, the devil's in technology. And <laughs> maybe it could just be, um, you know, better stewardship over the technology would have prevented this from happening. A bit, little bit more preparation would have handled this, but it's kind of more dramatic and kind of lets me off the hook if I call it the devil. <laughs> okay, but to the point, uh, things like this happen you have these little trials. You have these obstacles. And one of the things that we face in life is learning not to be stopped by these things. Okay, this obstacle happened. Well, let's find a way. Let's figure this out. Let's solve this problem. And it is truly amazing how young people today need to grow in that capacity and how it's not just automatic or guaranteed. And that's part of the training that we need to be doing in our homes with our kids, is not just do things for them or expect that they know how to do things, even like easy things, like how do you properly use uh, the post office? Or when do you mail a package through the post office versus through UPS or FedEx? Right? What are the options and and how do you break through or just for instance here's a really big deal parents parents we don't always get this so i've got all these kids in in school and college right and here's the question when you have your kid apply for financial aid like all of my kids did and you apply for fafsa that's a you know federal student aid program where they'll give your kids a student loan, a subsidized student loan, which basically means that you're going to start paying interest on day one when you accept it, but you don't have to start making payments until six months. I think it's still six months until after they finish their time in school. And there's a lot at stake on those loans. Like if you miss a payment, you default, all of a sudden the thing blows up in terms of interest rates and all of that. So kids have to go into this with their eyes wide open. However, the point of this is once the school gets that amount and then they take a look at the transcript and and the grades and the SAT scores and, and all of that, then, then they offer a financial aid package. And typically parents will say, well, okay, there it is. You have to take out more loans or we'll help you and we'll pay some, most, or all of what remains. How many parents actually take the effort to, on the one hand, in advance, go seek after other scholarships outside the university? Right? So there's that. And honestly, I I don't think there is as many of those as we would want. Like, uh, we went and looked for some of these scholarships And we often found that the kids just didn't qualify because of this factor or that factor or the other factor. And so there weren't as many of those types of of scholarships available. And the ones that were there required a bit of effort, probably got a lot of applicants, and the amount being received wasn't that large. And so what I found extremely helpful was going back to the schools and, and just putting your cards on the table. it's it, Frankly, it's just a bit of negotiating and sharing with them, look, I'd love my kid to go to your school and thank you for this wonderful package that you've given. You see how they've applied for a loan. But we have a gap. We've got a bit of a gap here between what we can really afford to pay and what you're offering in scholarship. And so we've got to figure out, can we make this work? Because if we can, that's great. We really want our kid to be full-time on campus, benefiting from the blessings of being there and, and being able to take classes in person. But we do have a next best alternative. And the next best alternative is they live at home, they go to a community college, they finish a couple of years, either getting an AA or complete a lot of the the general requirements that are part of your program, and we'll save tens of thousands of dollars. And then we'll come back as a junior and senior and finish the core requirements. So we have an next best alternative, and we know that that's only going to cost us X number of dollars. Now we'd rather have them go there to be with you in the school, but you're going to have to you're going to have to march towards us a bit more. You're going to have to help us out a little bit more. And so believe it or not, in being authentic and real with what you want, but what your situation is, and the fact that you do have an alternative, schools will step up. Schools will step up. In fact, my oldest daughter, she's not a Franciscan. She's at uh, George Fox in Newburgh, Oregon. She's living with these missionaries and experiencing a beautiful sense of Christian community, but goes to that school, and she's a senior, and they gave her a wonderful scholarship and um, she did the FAFSA. And there was still a bit of discrepancy here. And so I I said, well, let me call the financial aid officer. I called her and she said, sorry, you missed all the scholarships there in the spring. I said, there must be a bucket of money that you guys have available to help folks in need. And she said, no, I'm sorry, we don't. And I said, well, who's your boss? Can I talk to your boss? She said, well, let me bring your situation to uh, my boss and I'll let you know. So I didn't hear back from her for several days. So I reached back out by phone and email, and she sent me back an email and said, I checked into all these options, and unfortunately, there's nothing else we can do. So sorry. And she said, this is actually my last day. So if you have any other questions, you can reach out to this fellow. So what did I do? I didn't say to my daughter, oh, well, they checked. They tried. I guess there's nothing we could do. No, I called the guy, and he called me back. I emailed him. I said, please give me a call. He called me back, and I said, hey, here's my situation. Cards on the table. Can you help us out? And through that last phone call, he was able to get an additional over $2,000 in financial aid from my daughter because we asked, because we knocked, because we sought. And that was a huge blessing. What a huge help to pull down the remainder of what was needed. So be an advocate for your kids. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Have you ever been part of a Eucharistic procession? It's really powerful, right? So I'm going to guess a number of you have been part of like the March for Life. Maybe you've gone to D.C. Maybe you have gone to Olympia. uh, And that used to be from St. Michael's to the State House. And then it was just meeting at the State Capitol building. Uh, because it just got bigger and bigger. And then here, uh, there was a procession that goes from uh, their own March for Life here, uh, that goes from the cathedral, and then you go down to the riverfront park, and there's a speaker, and then there's a a march that goes around um, uh, several city blocks and back to the park. Well, that's really powerful, because what are you doing? You're a public witness. You're being a public witness— you're taking a stand, you're being a visible light to the, uh, the wider community about the gospel of life, about the sanctity of human life, about the fact that what's at stake in abortion is a, is a baby inside his or her mother's womb, and the horrific damage that happens to the, to the mom and others that are involved. We need to put an end to this slaughter of innocent human beings and the tragic results that come from that. But have you ever been part of a Eucharistic procession? It's really powerful. It's really beautiful. I've been in Eucharistic processions in uh, in more than one city. That that is really cool. And so, when you do, so when you're part of a Eucharistic procession, the Blessed Sacrament is elevated in a monstrance. Monstrance means to show, right? It's a it's a it's a vessel that puts on display the presence of Jesus Christ as Eucharist, and there is. Uh, a proper or appropriate sort of liturgical accompaniment of uh, our Lord. Um, so the monstrance is is carried, um, and so the the procession will happen again, beginning at the cathedral, and then through the streets, through the city streets, you get our Lord processing, being carried. And there'll be uh, typically some kind of like covering, a, co- a kind of like a tent cut co- like covering over, sort of to, to protect the, the presence of the Lord from like the winds and the elements. Or, you know, and that could even be like the harsh beating sun, right? Um, and then you have, you'll typically have several altar servers and the bishop um, or a deacon, and they'll typically be. Uh, a, a, a thurifer carrying a thurible That's the incense. And, And then there'll be hymn singing. And then you follow behind. And so it's like a caterpillar, right? This long caterpillar of people that are moving along. And what keeps you connected are two things. The first is I'm in line here because I too am a follower of the Lord. And I'm not just a disciple, a disciple means follower. I'm not just a follower of the Lord by definition in my own life because I was baptized a Catholic Christian and I'm consciously, intentionally choosing to live that way now. No, I'm literally a disciple of the Lord. I'm literally following the presence of the Lord. And so that. That carries, there's something very special about that. There's something very special about that. And and then part of what's special about that is not just something that happens inside of you, right? Because when we've done this, Carrie and I, we've done this as a family. And so our kids are like, what are we doing? Why are we marching? Why are we following after the Blessed Sacrament? Well, if your family or you have any sort of devotion or connection to Eucharistic adoration, this becomes a very special thing. Because now it's, you take it from the solitude and silence and reverence of the blessed Lord on display in a chapel for quiet adoration, worship, and prayer to the streets. And Jesus calls us to be salt, light, and leaven. Salt, light, and leaven. And so, having the bishop take the lead and carrying our Lord out into the city, it's provocative to ourselves and to those we meet. It, it provokes something. Are you, are you tracking how? Are you getting this? Because when you now are coming out into the open in that line, you are making a public, visible statement. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. No, no. I'm a follower of the presence of Jesus Christ, my Eucharistic Lord, who is there, and I am a Catholic Christian disciple of his. Count me among the followers of Christ, visibly, publicly, walking, making a stand. And so it it provokes something in us that our witness to Christ must go beyond the church, must go beyond our own homes and private times of prayer, and must go beyond out into the public square. So there's something quite special about being part of a Eucharistic procession. I remember one time with my kids, we were processing from Holy Rosary to St. Joseph's in Tacoma. And the, the pastor was, he was pastor of both parishes. And, and this was before Holy Rosary in Tacoma was shut down, sadly. And and so I, I remember, here we are. It was just like I've said, right? we have the pastor carrying the monstrance, And we had the covering. We had the altar servers. We had the singing and the prayer. And we're crossing the bridge over I-5, right? So I-5, the the highway running north to south in Western Washington and in Tacoma. So it's busy, 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 busy. And you see all these people like across the entire length of the highway walking, walking. And a truck came by, this like... uh, It was a pickup truck, but with like wheels that were bigger than normal. And it was kind of, it had these uh, springs that were like making it bigger. It was a big, it was like a, it wasn't just a little, like a little Toyota pickup truck. No, this was like like a massive (laughs) pickup truck. And the guy drives by, he stops on the bridge. Like there are not a lot of cars here. He stops, he turns around. And then he peels out, and as he peels out, he says, screaming out the window, God hates us all. God hates us all. And peels out along the, like the length of the bridge and just zooms. And, you know, my kids looked at me. I looked at them. And I said, kids, what just happened there? What just happened? And they're like, I don't know, Dad. <laughs> Tell us what just happened. This is like, like out of control. This is off the hook. And I said, that guy just got on our radar screen. <laughs> that guy just got on our radar screen. What are you talking about, Dad? We are going to pray for that guy. Let's pray for him right now. And let's keep him in our prayers. Because this guy, when he got up that morning and he was driving that at that time of day along that road and just happened to come by this procession of the Blessed Sacrament, he saw the Blessed Sacrament, he saw all of us walking, he stopped, he turned, he got provoked. It provoked something in him about his own life. Something got dislodged and he came out into the open with a scream, with a really tragic scream. God hates us all. I say, kids, we have no idea what he's going through. We have no idea what's happened to him. But whatever the combination of things that he's gone through, things that he's chosen, things that have happened to him, things that are part of his life right now, this is what's showing up. God brought him to us. God used this procession to provoke a reaction in him that would get him onto our radar screen. Do you know how much God loves him? God loved him that much to work out all the details, to work out all the circumstances so that we could get connected to that guy. And you know, I'm going to pray for him right now. This is several years ago and God still knows who he is. I don't know who he is, but let's pray for him right now. And not only for him, but the anyone else who's going to be provoked by the Eucharistic procession this Sunday on September the 10th, one o'clock to three o'clock, downtown Spokane, beginning at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Lords, going right through the downtown, across the bridge and over to the pavilion. There will be thousands of people who see, who come into contact with the living Lord Jesus and with his followers. And that light, that salt, that leaven will provoke a reaction. Not only in all of us who are marching, but in those who come into contact with us. Let's pray for them right now. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord our God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you've stirred in us the courage To take action, we thank you, Lord, that you've stirred up in front of our eyes an opportunity to be salt, light, and leaven, to make visible our commitment that we are disciples of yours. We are your followers. And Lord, we will follow you out into the streets. Lord, we are not afraid. Lord, we are not ashamed. Lord, we know Jesus that your living presence heals. Your living presence sets free. Your living presence saves. Your living presence brings wholeness and salvation to the world. And Lord, we want the people that we will encounter who are desperate, lonely, afraid, broken, stuck. Lord, we want them to sense your beckoning call, your knock on the door of their hearts. Lord, we ask right now, a blessing upon that man who cried out, God hates us all. You know exactly where he is. You know exactly what he's doing. And so Lord, we gather together as brothers and sisters in the church and we pray for that dear soul. We pray for freedom, release, relief. We pray that he'd be unbound and set free. We pray for him to come to a living faith, hope and love. We pray for him to be healed, restored, reconciled, whatever his situation, whatever his name. Lord, you know every hair on his head. We ask, Lord, that you would receive this prayer to break in and break open his heart, his life, and to do a new thing. Lord, even this even this program, even this prayer, even this expo has a thousand purposes that you're working out. And one of them was that this prayer would emerge. It wasn't my plan. It wasn't my intention. But, Lord, you're up to something, and we thank you for it. So do a mighty work. Do a mighty deed, O oh God. Lord, I pray for all those who are marching this Sunday. I pray for their safety, for blessing and protection. And I pray, Lord, that they would have the courageous, the courageousness, the courage to be missionary disciples, to be with their families, a witness to you in this world. Lord, may you in your Eucharistic presence be better known and loved and honored and adored in every tabernacle in the world and on this Sunday. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember now. So that's just the beginning. One to three is the Eucharistic procession. But then the podium is where the event is going to be happening, this large stadium, indoor stadium, where there's going to be an amazing speaker. Dr. Mary Healy. She's going to give a a keynote presentation. And she's a great speaker. You, Those of you on the West Side, you've heard her before. If you came to the gift conferences we've done, we love Mary Healy. I've known her for, I don't know, almost 30 years. And so trying to get her on before the end of the week to talk. But she's going to be there giving a talk. And then at 3.30, Bishop Daly is going to be leading Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament until 5 o'clock. Uh, 445. And then afterwards, there's going to be an after party as well at Riverfront Park Expo23.org. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. Okay, so uh, I'm telling you about this Sunday, right? You don't want to miss this, September the 10th. It starts at one o'clock at the cathedral for the procession. Then you process down to the podium. Three o'clock is where that event starts the doors open there at two so if you can't make it to the um, procession for some reason just go to the podium get a seat enjoy the talk enjoy a time of exposition and adoration with a reflection by bishop daly and then there'll be benediction and closing remarks and dismissal and then five to seven there's a post-event celebration at riverfront park again you need a ticket you need a ticket you need a ticket Don't just show up. You need a ticket. Where do you get tickets? Dioceseofspokane.org. 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 Get your ticket if you're in the area. Or if you can't remember that long name, dioceseofspokane.org, click on the links. Go to expo23.org. E-X-P-O-23.org. So I really do hope and pray that if you are in the area at all, if you are geographically in range, come on out. I am so convinced that the Catholic Church needs to be more present physically on the streets as the Church. It, really and truly, we are too comfortable staying in our own little homes as the calamity is landing upon the, our state, our nation our communities, and our churches. The devastation to faith, the devastation of the innocence of little ones, the devastation of abortion, contraception, no-fault divorce, gay marriage, and now transgender, demonic transgender ideology, the legalization of marijuana. So many horrific things are destroying the lives of so many. And we are pathetically, pathetically passive in the face of all of these horrors. Not to mention, we're just addicted to our smartphones. Gee, how do I really feel? I'm having a good day, huh? We got to take to the streets. We got to be more courageous. We got to stand up for our conviction that we got one life to live. We might as well live it for Christ. We might as well live it striving to be holy and being salt, light, and leaven in the world. And you know what? Maybe this Eucharistic revival, this Expo 23, happening on this next Sunday, Maybe that'll be the start. Maybe seeds will be sown into our hearts and lives and something will stir and we'll see a true revival, not only of our own love of the Eucharist, our own commitment to meeting the Lord and having a profound life-changing encounter with Christ, but being different in the world, being different with those who are in desperate need. This actually brings me to my second free event. Now my second free event is about a an incredible saint an incredible saint for our time named Mother Cabrini. Now uh, folks if you're in Coeur d'Alene, you get the blessing of having this event be close to you. So coming up um coming up on um September let me get sure I get the exact uh the exact date and time of this. Let's see here. I'm clicking on my link. <laughs> and so September 15th, Friday. So five days after, five days after the Eucharistic Expo, Friday, September 15th, five o'clock at the Regal Riverstone Cinema. And that's in Coeur d'Alene. That's in the Old Mill Loop, right? So that's down in uh, Riverstone. Um, it's a beautiful theater. And uh, at uh, doors open at four thirty, movie starts at five. Doors open at four thirty, and the movie starts at five. And so it is. It's the it's the true story of uh, Mother Frances Cabrini, and she if you if you know about her, she came to New York in eighteen eighty nine, and she brought her faith with her, and ultimately her life literally impacted. Millions of people around the world. And I had a chance to take a look at the, the um, trailer for this movie called Cabrini. And it's, uh, it's moving. It is powerful. And, and you can just look it up. Uh, you can look up cabrinifilm.com. Cabrinifilm.com. Um, or you can just go to, um, you can go to YouTube. And just look up Cabrini trailer on YouTube and you'll see it. And you watch that trailer, you're going to want to come to the movie. Okay. Now, it costs. what does it cost to go to the movie? To this professional movie in this beautiful contemporary movie theater? It costs you free. Okay. It's a, um, it's a screening. And so it's a, I was invited and I was told I could invite people. So I'm inviting you, okay? I'm inviting you to come and watch this movie. Uh, and by the way, the movie is being made by the the producer or director. Sorry, the director who made Sound of Freedom, right? You saw that movie with uh, Jim Caviezel and Bella. You remember uh, the movie Bella, that was such a hit. So uh, Alejandro Monteverde, uh, he is he was the director of this movie. It is not one of those B movies. Sometimes you'll have Christian movies that you kind of feel like you're kind of like kind of grimacing a little bit, like, okay, this is a bit of a B movie. That is not the case. Okay, so this is a little more challenging because it's an invite only RSVP. And so here's what I'm going to have you do if you want to come, I'm going to start spreading the word. Okay, so there's only 300 tickets. And I've already started to spread the word, and I'm going to be sharing this in several ways. So if you want to come this Friday, September 15th, 4.30 doors open, 5 o'clock, Regal Riverstone uh, in Coeur um, I'm going to post it on my Facebook pages, and you can click on the link, and you can reserve a ticket. It's free, free, free. And you're going to meet there is going to be a couple of the producers of the movie at the screening. That's really cool. That is really, really cool. So uh, this the movie's coming out in the spring. So this is like an advanced showing, uh, a pre-release screening. So I love that. By the way, do you know who you're going to be with? A bunch of fired up Catholics. And what are you going to be fired up about? Well, this saint who did what? Who ministered to the rejected immigrants, mostly Italian, in New York City in the late 1800s. I mean, this woman lived an incredible life. You talk about salt, light, and leaven. You talk about getting out into the world. You talk about having courage. You talk about pushing through with the grace of God, having no fear. We need a Mother Cabrini today. That's what we need. And so when you go to a movie like this, with a bunch of other fired-up Catholics, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get fired up. You're going to get fired up to live a life that is salt, light, and leaven. That's why I'm excited to come to the movie and be at the movie. Now, if, you, if you're not connected with me on Facebook, if you're not connected with me, go to my website, mycatholicfaith.org, and just connect with me there. You can just connect with me, mycatholicfaith.org. Just send me a message. There's a way to message me there. And just say, please send me the link. Please send me the link where you can get your free pass. And you can get as many as you want, as many passes as you want for your family until they run out, okay? So I'm giving you fair warning, all right? It's Wednesday. No, wait a minute. Yeah, it's Wednesday, the 5th. So you got 10 days and I'm going to post this on my pages and send it out to my email list like later today. So this is your chance to get out the word and lock in some seats. All right. So if you want to just email me and say, please, Tom, send it to me, Tom at mycatholicfaith.org, Tom at mycatholicfaith.org, Tom at mycatholicfaith.org. And I'll send you the link. Grab your tickets while you can. So that you know, there is something I love about the fall. What I love about the fall is that it is filled with events. It's filled with events that are meant to stir your faith. So you'll see retreats, like Immaculate Heart Retreat Center, right? How many times am I pointing you to these amazing retreats they're having there? And I got to have Sister Eucharista back on to talk about some more upcoming retreats. I heard some amazing things about some of the retreats that I've been able to, like, have the guests on to talk about. And so I'm excited to have her back on. But um, there are conferences. I'm going to be on the West Side a couple of times in the next month speaking there. So you'll be hearing about those things as well. It, it's, a, it's a time to awaken our faith, brothers and sisters. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. I'm excited about today. I'm excited because my technology is working. <laughs> Say a prayer. I, I've got one computer down and one piece of technology down that connects me back to Sacred Heart Radio. So, And, and I'm telling you, it's a it's time of big discernment right with only 3 kids back home it's a time where i'm really 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 trying to discern more wisely that the increased capacity the increased time that the lord's given me to use it for his purposes using it for his purposes so that's what i'm interested in doing in any case so i am um i'm excited as well to uh today, this morning, say a prayer. Um, I am dropping off my daughter, who's a freshman, at the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame. And so she's going to be a freshman there. And so you've already heard that my junior and senior at Franciscan, they finished high school early. Well, my freshman is at the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame. And uh, today's her first day. Yeah, they, today's a day for freshmen. And so say a prayer for them. They are as big as they've ever been. Over 100 students, which is amazing. It's one of the largest Chesterton Academies in the country, and it's only four years old. And what it really is, is it's a sign of what God is doing. God is, again, gathering families together who have a strong sense of being intentional about living their Catholic faith to say, we need to walk together. We need to cooperate and collaborate and get our kids into an educational environment that will foster flourishing in their Catholic faith. This is not the case at typical Catholic high schools. Typical Catholic high schools, diocesan Catholic high schools, are places where kids' Catholic faith goes to die. That's the expectation. Until you prove to me that your kid is the exception and not the rule. The rule is, statistically, kids, Catholic kids, going to Catholic high schools, diocesan Catholic high schools, lose their faith. Or they end up having a twisted version of Catholic faith that you'll especially find at Jesuit Catholic schools. And so th- it's kind of a running joke among like fervent, intentional Catholic families that um, there are Catholic high schools and then there are Jesuit high schools because Jesuit high schools will often just simply present clever versions of the catholic faith that reconciles positions that are manifestly sinful, unorthodox and destructive of kids' lives and call it loving and what Jesus would do. And it's just terrible. It's it's a it's a terrible thing. So many kids have lost their catholic faith and have just become toxically impacted by smartphones, by the internet, because this is, this is the reason why, one of the, I would say one of the biggest reasons why, you know, Catholic schools that are just open to take in anybody end up taking in the majority of kids who have smartphones as an essential part of their lives. And that means they have these portals of pollution that pollute their minds and their hearts against the Catholic faith. It just does. It's not even a question. There's no way to argue against that, that these portals of pollution known as smartphones pollute the minds and hearts and spirits of the kids who have them, the the great majority. Until you again prove to me that it doesn't, they just do. And it, I, you heard me talk about the, the incredibly damaging effects that it's destroying marriages, it's destroying children, it's destroying... The, the turning of boys into men, the turning of girls into women. It's destroying community. It's destroying the capacity for debate and dialogue. It's destroying our capacity to go deeper in our relationship with God. Other than that, smartphones are great. I don't mean to be snarky, but it is such an important, desperately needed clarion call to make to the world that we have to find a solution because the typical solutions don't work like just monitor and manage your kids? And the answer is good luck because not only will your kids often disappear in their rooms and become isolated and depressed and anxious and all these other things that I talked about, but even if your kid doesn't, if your kid has friends with unmonitored, unmanaged smartphone and internet access, then your kid is just being just as polluted, call it secondhand smoke. They're being as polluted, almost as polluted, as the kids they're hanging around with. That's just happening. Okay, so I I brought all that up in my program last Thursday. So what's the solution? Tom, you said there was a solution. What's the solution? Well, the solution is places like the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame. Because not only is it the case that the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame has a no smartphone policy, leave it in your backpack, leave it in your car, leave it at home, but there's an attempt to build a culture Let me me say this again out loud, an attempt to build a culture in the school that diminishes, dissolves to nothing the question, why don't you have a smartphone? Two, the question, why do you really need a smartphone? Why are you on those social media platforms? Now, I'm not saying that the typical teenager is going to say it like that, but I will tell you that it is a real thing and not just a theoretical thing, that you can have your kids in schools where the majority of high school kids that they're with either do not have a smartphone, or if they have a smartphone, it is meaningfully managed, and these kids are not spending time, effort, energy, focus, and attention on social media platforms like TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat and Instagram they're just not that these kids are living life together they're outside playing games they're inside playing games they're playing sports they're they're doing fun activities they're they're doing many things but they're not wasting their lives on these portals of pollution it is really a thing but here's the thing Are you, as a parent, willing to uproot your kids from schools where portals of pollution are dominating the culture, the spirit, and the atmosphere of the halls, and therefore also your kids, even in Catholic schools? Are you willing to say, there's so much at stake, there's so much at risk, there's so much damage that will come to my kid without extraordinary heroic efforts on my part? that the healthiest thing that I can do for my kid is to uproot my kid from that school and put them into an environment where the dominant culture, the atmosphere, is not going to be ruled by portals of pollution, smartphones. They do exist. Do you know what they're called? Classical schools. Classical Christian and classical Catholic schools, classical liberal arts schools, like Court of Christ and Coeur like the Chesterton Academy here in Spokane, like the Oaks, where my kids were, and I still have a couple of kids there, like St. Charles, the, uh, the diocesan Catholic grade school that became classical, and a bunch of families fled, and a bunch of families came. Again, you're seeing the intentionality that is connected with sending your kids to a classical school, like the Aquinas Classical Academy in Bremerton. And the grade school beneath it, led by Father Lappy at Our Lady Star of the Sea. When your kids are in these kinds of schools, they are not going to face the same pressures, the same questions, the same embarrassment of saying, "Why don't you have a smartphone? Well, why do you have a smartphone that doesn't connect to the internet? Why do you have a smartphone? Why don't you have an Instagram account?" Can you imagine what it would be like for your kid not to be pressured, anxious, depressed, drawn towards drugs, impacted by nude photos being sent to them, impacted by constant reference to and concern about your kid's time on these devices? I've never met a parent who has said, I wish my kid spent more time on their smartphone. I wish my kid was spending more time on video games. Never, ever, ever. But I meet routinely probably daily, parents who are saying, I feel powerless, I don't know what to do to get that phone out of my kid's hands, to get my kid off the laptop, off the screen, off the video game, because everyone else is there, everyone else has one, and I just feel like I have to go along to get along, and I want my kid to be socially embarrassed. You have an option. Uproot the kid from that place and send them to a classical Catholic or even Christian high school. It's an option. It's hard, it's heroic, it's sacrificial, but you're gonna save your kid's life. You're gonna save your kid's faith. You just are. If you're not convinced, come and see. Stay with my family. I'll let you stay with my family and we'll go to the schools together so that you can see what the spirit is like in the halls, in the classrooms, when kids are not dominated by portals of pollution. There's so much at stake. You talk about time for heroic, courageous action on the streets. How about heroic, courageous action in our homes regarding our own kids' lives? Dear brothers and sisters, it is time to take action. we got to wake up. All right, enough for today. God bless you all. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.